0: welcome to the Kingdom Community Show. We're so glad to have you with us.
1: It's my honor and privilege, Glenn. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Well, you're most welcome. And we want to talk about your book, which is called Victorious Spiritual Warfare. And I love the subtitle. So simple, Grandma can do it.
1: (laughs) If grandma can do it, anyone can.
0: Well, that's awesome. So, you know, there have obviously been many books written on the topic of spiritual warfare. Why did you write your book and what sets it apart?
1: I um, have been in Freedom Ministries for over 40 years. We have been privileged, my husband and I, to travel around the globe and teach seminars on spiritual warfare and all, I have met so many people, and we're all the same in, in all the nations. People want their life to be better. They, they want to know more about who God is and what he intends for them. And I've been heartbroken by what I call the prisoner unaware, the person that thinks their life just is crummy and difficult and hard and there's nothing they could do about it and that that's how life is, or that they don't matter. And there, there isn't anything that could be farther from the truth. God knows them. He hears them. He sees them, yeah. and they matter. Every single person, He what he said to Jeremiah, he says to us, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and called you according to my purpose. So I just want people to know that God had a plan from the beginning when adam and eve surrendered the authority that they had been given in their disobedience god set forth his plan in motion that it would be restored to us and jesus said to his disciples what he says to us i have given you authority and power over all the power of the darkness Why did I write it though? I've just found people who've made comments to me. There are great books on the shelves about spiritual warfare, but some of the people have said, you know, I just can't relate to the stories. I wasn't raised in Satanism. Okay. I'm not the child of a famous pastor. You know that. Why would the devil care about me? I can't, there's nothing I can do. And, and there's those extremes, the people that think everything is the devil. or the people that think he's a cartoon character, neither Neither serve God well, and neither are theologically correct. Mm -hmm. So there was this place that God said, Maureen, you're just a regular person. Tell your story. Tell the story of how God uses ordinary people, and he moves through them for extraordinary things. Uh-huh. And that we can participate. We've been invited to participate with the creator of heaven and earth to restore God's victory on Calvary. Huh. We're enforcing his victory over Satan okay. in all of our daily circumstance. And those, that delegated authority is wholly inoperative without the prayers of a believing church
0: awesome so good you know what you just said something uh so significant and that is we're enforcing his victory so obviously mm-hmm. that implies a couple things number 1 that he has already won the victory and then secondly that we are um you know carrying that out would you just talk a little bit further about that in terms of the fact that we are not fighting for victory as followers of Jesus as his children but we are from that working from that place of victory
1: yes lord we fight from victory we are standing on calvary's ground as i said in the beginning adam and eve forfeited their dominion god had given them dominion over all of heaven and earth Mm -hmm. when they disobeyed they forfeited that and we think about jesus temptation in the garden And the the incident where Satan had him up on the mountain and he said, all this authority has been given to me and I'll give it to whoever I want. And all this kingdom will be yours if you bow down and worship me. And we know that Jesus' response was, get behind me, Satan. I will worship the Lord my God and him alone. I want you to think for a moment about what Jesus didn't say because he wasn't having a senior moment or forget. He said, he didn't say, Oh, come on, Satan. That's not yours to give away because at that time it was right. But he challenged it and he opposed it. But when Jesus gave his life for us on the cross, And then in his death and in his resurrection, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. And he took back every bit of authority that had been surrendered to Satan. And then, as I said, he has given it to his disciples, those who follow him. And he said, I have given you all authority on heaven and earth over all the power of the enemy. And again, if we think about what he didn't say, he didn't say, I've given you authority and power over the authority and power of the enemy. He said, I've given you authority and power over the power of the enemy. So he does have power, but he does not have any authority except what we might surrender to him when we disobey, which we know is sin. But God knew we would. And in that plan, that magnificent plan, he also gave us the remedy that we see in 1 John 1, 8 and 9. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth isn't in us. But if we confess our sin, if we are sorrowful for it, he is faithful yeah. and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And that that percentage of authority that we surrender when we sin, we get it right back. So our role is to stay current with God. Mm-hmm. I every night before I fall asleep, I ask the Lord to show me, Lord, what did I do today right. that gave you pleasure? Mm-hmm. And He tells me something and it's kind and loving. And I said, And Lord, what did I do today that broke your heart? Because mm-hmm. sometimes we sin and we didn't know we have. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's intentional, but sometimes you know, we just do things, and we're off in our own world, and we don't know. And he almost always has something to tell me, yeah. and and I know what to do about it. And we stay current with him, and we believe, and we trust. We cannot give place to unbelief. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, there's just been so many weird movies. You know, I've never had anybody's head spin around or watched them throw up Green goo. Right. It's just not like that. The enemy knows he is defeated. Again, he just hopes we don't know it or we forgot. Yeah. But Paul tells us resist the enemy and he flees. Yeah. Sometimes all that's all it is. We just say no. No, you may not have my grandchildren. No, you will not I will not surrender this to you. In Jesus name, and he strengthens us. He gives yeah. us weapons. He gives us the armor to protect ourselves but he's calling his church to get off of the defensive all the time and start getting on the offense.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's very, very important. Um, I just want to go back to something you said earlier in the words of Jesus, who said that he's given us authority and power over the power of the enemy. And um, let's talk about that for us as his children. And that life of being submitted to God, there's a place out of our submission to God, we resist the enemy. So we have we have authority and we have power. What's the difference between the two and how does that relate to spiritual warfare?
1: There is quite a big difference. I, I talk about this in my book, and it's something I learned from Dr. Neil Anderson years ago. The authority, a really good way to look at it, is a police officer. They, When they graduate from the academy, they are given authority. Again, it is delegated authority, just like Christ has given to us. And we are responsible to represent him with integrity, with honesty, and with the love and compassion for his people that he has. So it is positional in nature. And one thing I've learned over the years is we really cannot move in authority until we have learned to be under authority. That that authority has been given to us hmm. and power, rather than the right to rule, power is the ability to rule. So thinking back to that analogy of a police officer, if, there was an accident on the freeway. And say there was a police officer that was off duty. He was in his jeans and a flannel shirt. Mm-hmm. If he just pulled over and tried to stop traffic on the freeway in Southern California, he would most likely get run over because nobody would recognize his authority. But if they, if the police came with multiple cars or a SWAT unit and, and fully dressed and in and garb and, and then they were stopping traffic, they would be respected and traffic would stop. So not only do they have the authority, but they have the power. So the power is the ability to rule. The authority is the right to rule. Hmm. And our longtime pastor, Pastor Jack Hayford used to say all the time, ours is the privilege, his is the power. Hmm. If we get confused for a moment and think that the power is ours, but the enemy is fleeing because of us. Yeah. We are severely handicapped. Wow! And I love what CS Lewis said about that, about pride. He said, you may as well be prideful about the color of your eyes.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, how much did we have to do with that? The no. power is his. And it was like Jesus, when he said to his disciples, they came back from ministry all excited. The demons fled when we prayed. Right. he's like, OK, hold on, boys. Yeah. I'm not saying don't be happy. I'm not saying don't be thrilled with that. But remember why that happened, because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. <laughs> so ours is the privilege. His is the power. And he has given us both the right to rule, that delegated positional nature of authority. And then he moves his power, all of heaven and earth. We have the same Holy Spirit, Glenn, alive in us who raised Jesus from the dead. We have access to all the power of heaven and earth to push back the darkness. Mm -hmm. And the enemy knows it. He just hopes we don't
0: yeah or we won't believe it hearing the voice of god it's such an essential element in spiritual warfare Mm -hmm. and you mentioned prayer so how are they inextricably linked you know hearing god's voice prayer uh spiritual warfare
1: okay when if we think about spiritual warfare and we think about the battle you know we read in revelation that the enemy was enraged with the woman He's talking about Mary. He's talking about the birth of Jesus. He couldn't stop it from happening. He was enraged with the woman. He went off to make war with the rest of her offspring and those who hold to the testimony of Jesus Christ. So who is that? That's us. Everyone who is a follower of Christ, Satan is at war with us. And we are the only ones in this battle who don't see what's going on. God sees. The angels see. Satan sees, the demons see, everybody sees what's going on but us. And if we don't hear from the voice of God, if we don't have his direction, his timing, his plan and purpose in mind, we're going into war defenseless. Mm. And we're guessing at what we think is going on. And, And how many times have we thought, oh, I know what's happening here. And then we go off on our own strategy, and we discover that we're completely off base. We didn't know what was going on at all. And I tell a really kind of funny story about that in my book, too, that we need to hear the voice of God. And over and over again, Jesus said throughout the gospel, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. My sheep know me. They hear my voice. If we are created in the image of god glenn yeah. you and i are talking i'm hearing your voice you're hearing mine if we're created in the image of god he is intending to speak to us and he wants us to hear and he's been talking to me lately about it's time to stop asking him to bless what i'm doing mm-hmm. and start asking him lord show me what you're doing yeah. what you're already blessing And show me my part in that. Right. And we hear from three voices every day of our lives. Mm -hmm. We hear from the voice of our Father God, a loving Father. We hear from the voice of our own flesh. Now, if we don't think that's a real voice, Glenn, if I said to you, starting today, why don't you and I and all of our listeners go on a 30-day complete fast? Right. Or we can start tomorrow morning. <laughs> you know, what? What? what is your first thought? Like, <laughs> I better eat a big dinner tonight.
0: Right. Or, sir, yeah.
1: Is this crazy? Uh, she's a little crazy. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the voice of our flesh. So I just wanted to get that out there. Yes. We can recognize we talk to ourselves. And then we hear the voice of darkness that he can't read our minds. God alone knows the heart and mind of man. Mm -hmm. But he's an observing being and he watches what's going on. And he'll say things to us like, Oh, just one time won't hurt you. Oh, you know that. Oh, you remember when you did that. You know, all that stuff. He keeps good records. But the Lord tells us in Colossians, the handwritings and requirements that are contrary to us have been taken out of our way, having been nailed to the cross. Past tense, all that stuff, God has taken out of our way. But back to hearing his voice. We can't rightly respond to those voices if we don't know who's talking. And that's what the Holy Spirit's gift of discerning of spirits is for, Uh so that we can discern whose voice we're hearing. And when the Father, when our God speaks to us, we respond in obedience. And one thing I've learned over the years, took me a long time regretfully, is delayed obedience is disobedience. When God's talking to me, I respond in obedience. Uh When my flesh talks to me, I respond with discipline. It doesn't happen by trying. It happens by training. Uh Calm down, flesh. (laughs) You know, anything we do with anger, we can do better without it. Uh We just stop, take a breath, Uh say, Holy Spirit, I surrender to you. When we hear the voice of darkness, we resist the enemy and he will flee. So, we have to be aware of God's timing, his purpose. We can't guess. I've prayed for freedom from a a spirit of fear more in the last two years than I've ever prayed in my whole ministry because of what's gone on with the pandemic. But never have those two prayer times been the same because people aren't the same. The word of God, gives us principles for prayer and we want to live in that. But there, people are unique and their needs are unique and sometimes they don't even know what they really need. God knows. And so I'm listening with one ear to what they're saying to me and I'm inquiring of the Holy Spirit with the other one. Is there something else going on here that I can't know about? That And he'll speak to me. And then I inquire of them or Sometimes some people forget to ask that next question. If God gives you some revelation yeah. about what's going on, then you have. we need to ask him, what do you want me to do with it? Is this for me to ponder in my heart for now? Is this for me to share with another person? Or is this a word just for me? Is this a word for my church that I should share? Mm-hmm. We can't just blurt out everything that we hear. We need to calm down. Ask the Lord, what would you have me do with that? Right. And so it's critical in spiritual warfare to know what's really going on underneath what's going on. Yeah. My husband's a car guy. He likes to say, let's look under the hood of that.
0: Right. And it's so true. And, you know, one of the things that I always think about, we see so many people that are struggling today with anxiety, fear, as you mentioned. Of course, it just became Uh, just accentuated during, during the pandemic. And yet the church, in many respects, this is my statement, okay, this is my assessment, has shifted to a place where I think on the good, we've identified this, we're not just sweeping it under the carpet and ignoring it and just saying, oh, you just need to do whatever, you know, ignore it or whatever. But we've also come to a place where people are learning to cope and sometimes um, I understand we go through difficult things. You made a great distinction between how do we deal with, you know, our flesh, for example. It's more discipline rather than than obviously something the enemy's doing. But when we're dealing with an outright, you know, demonic uh, attack or oppression or however you want to term it, mm-hmm. how do we respond to that rather than cope? I mean, there's a war. Fair. Your book's all about spiritual warfare. But just in closing here, before we move on to the call to action, how people can connect with you, just being very practical, Maureen. How do people in this type of scenario I've just described, you know, how, how do they deal with these type of attacks and things that are happening in their life, fear, anxiety, etc., depression?
1: Again, the, the Word of God gives us principles. There isn't a checklist prayer, but there are biblical principles. Yeah. God calls us to repent when we have given place to the enemy. So even in sometimes fear and anxiety, if we inquire of the Holy Spirit, Lord, what have I opened a door to in, in, that finds me here now? What have I stepped into? and sometimes it's unintentional sometimes it's it is intentional but there's a place of complacency that i think many in the church have given place to Um, there is fear and anxiety that comes down to perhaps mistrust are we trusting god with who we are and what he has for us and if we have given place to something like mistrust we want to repent of that so god Jesus preached a gospel of repentance, as did John the Baptist. So we want to repent. And then God says to us, renounce the hidden sins of shame. Repentance, we're speaking to the Lord. Renouncing, we're speaking to the darkness. We are refusing further association with him. We are saying no more, no more will you be able to manipulate me with fear or anxiety or mistrust i have repented of giving place to those things god has forgiven me it's important that we receive his forgiveness i talked to so many people who say i just can't forgive myself theologically i don't really see that if we could forgive ourselves we wouldn't have needed jesus we need to receive His forgiveness, the washing. He washes us whiter than snow, and we need to receive that and then move on to address the enemy and say, no more, I refuse you. And then we break the yoke of bondage, and we do that in prayer. We do that in worship. We do that in the word of God. The word sets us free. We break that yoke, and we command him to leave. A third of Jesus' ministry when he walked the earth was confronting the darkness, and he did it victoriously. And it wasn't weird, and it wasn't scary. He said, be gone, be gone. Mm -hmm. The enemy recognized his authority, and the enemy left every time it left. And that's the authority he has given to us. We don't have junior Holy Spirit. We don't have 10% of the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead alive in us. Again, we have all of his power available to us. And we speak to the darkness and we say, no more. Uh And then there is literally a place that is vacated by the darkness. The word um, where, where Paul said, give no place to the enemy, it's topos. It's where we get our word topographical map. So, is that in us honest? you know uh, we're not getting in that theological debate. We know the spirit of God inhabits yeah. us. the enemy cannot, cannot, but he manipulates us. The word is die in the need, So it means influence the darkness, and there is a place that's like a fishing hook that he cast the line and put that hook in us, and he's yanking us around and when we repent, renounce, and break that hook is removed. Yeah but that wound might still be there and we need to fill that place. The word tells us the enemy going to come back and see if he can get place where he was before yeah. yeah. and he'll find the house swept and clean. And that's really nice, but he'll try to come back. So we don't want to leave it swept and clean. Right. So we pray, Lord, what are you filling that void with? Mm-hmm. And, and it's almost always something the opposite. Not again, there's no formulas, but where there was mistrust he gives us trust in him where there was hopelessness and discouragement and despair he gives us hope in him and deepens our faith where there was fear he gives us a peace that surpasses understanding and it just breaks my heart when people in the church say, oh, my gosh, the world is a mess. What are we going to do? And they're wringing their hands. And I think, no, 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 this is our time, beloved. Come God on. has done what we've asked him. He's revealed where the darkness is. It's not yeah. stealth anymore. It's right, right up here on the surface. Come on. And he's saying, this is your time. Ephesians 3 tells us the manifold wisdom of God will be made known by the church to the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. That's our assignment. We get to tell the enemy what the wisdom of God is. We get to be the ones who say no more be gone in Jesus name.
0: On that note, uh, Maureen, just what you shared, you know, people are going to be watching this, listening to this. Interview all from all over the world, different times. That's the amazing thing about what we're doing. Might be 10 years from now, you know, we don't know, but I would love for you just to pray right now. And as you minister, you know, as the Holy Spirit leads you, I believe God is going to impact people's lives, going to touch people, going to bring healing, deliverance, and freedom. Would you just do that, please?
1: Oh, my privilege. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for the Delegated authority you have given us for the power of your life in and through us. So, Lord, I pray for each and every one within the sound of my voice right now, that they would surrender their lives to you if they have not. Lord, draw them by your spirit that they will come with repentant hearts, acknowledging their need of a savior. Lord, we're all the same, sinners in need of a savior and Lord you have come that we would have life in you and that you will forgive all of our sin when we repent and confess and acknowledge you as Lord and those Lord God for those who are followers of Christ now both in the last 30 seconds and the last hundred years Lord show us where the enemy has taken advantage of our situation or we have perhaps just opened a door, even a crack, and he has willfully stepped in and lied to us and deceived us and brought division in families and hopelessness and despair. Lord, show us those places so that we can repent and then speak directly to the enemy just as Jesus did. He modeled perfect humanity for us, and he showed us how it's done and we declare to the darkness you may not have my brothers and sisters you may not manipulate them any longer you may not lie to them or deceive them or tell them that their life doesn't matter oh beloved we were born for such a time as this it is time to stand up and step in We have the ability to not reflect the atmosphere around us but to change the atmosphere around us. We don't want to be merely a thermometer that gives information of what's going on. We have our hand on the thermostat and it is the creator of heaven and earth. And we have been privileged to press that dial and say no, we are changing the atmosphere. We are instigating change. We are welcoming heaven into earth's experience. And we are affirming and confirming Christ's victory on Calvary into every situation we face. And we declare to the enemy, your time to reign in us is over. Be gone in Jesus' name. Be gone. And Lord, fill us now, fill that place vacated by darkness with your life, with your hope, with an increase of faith, with trust in you, for you are faithful. In you, there is no shadow of turning. You hold our futures. Lord, show us, show us what you intend for us, that we may walk in step with your spirit, That all of your promises will be fulfilled. And just like your people, Israel, when they entered the promised land, the land that you had already given to them, were there giants there? Yes. Were there battles to be fought? Yes. But you were with them and you made sure there was victory. You said, Jesus, in this life, we will have trial and tribulation. I have never seen that on a refrigerator magnet. That's not our favorite scripture. But you go on to say, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I have overcome. And Lord, thank you for the privilege of being invited to partner with you in that overcoming. And Lord, we do it with the grace and compassion and love that you did when you walked the earth. Let us represent you, Lord. And not have freedom just for freedom's sake, but to share the freedom and the hope with others. When people come to us and say, I don't know what to do, we'll be able to say, I felt like that too. Let me tell you what my God did for me. And let me tell you what he wants to do for you. We share our faith. We share our hope. We share our strength and come alongside you, our brothers and sisters, and speak God's life to you. His victorious life. He created us not to cope with life, but to be conquerors in life, to be victorious. Let us rise in the spirit and be the conquerors he created us to be. In Jesus' name,
0: amen 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 thank you so much maureen thank you and everyone you've been listening to the kingdom community show with glenn blakeney here and my guest is maureen broderson been talking about her book which is called victorious spiritual warfare so simple grandma can do it so maureen yeah how do people get a copy of your book
1: um, I'm seeing my the website scrolling yep. on the bottom of the screen maureenbroderson.com, simply my name. If you just click on the tab Books, there's links to the vendors. It's available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, ChristianBook.com, and wherever else. It, it's not in bookstore, so everywhere online. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you again, sir, for the privilege of inviting me to share this message of hope.
0: Well, it was such an honor to have you on and really a powerful uh, time of ministry and sharing. Thank you, Maureen.